What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 136 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Pittner, and we actually have a full lineup today. Not only am I joined by Ash and, and John, we have Andre here as well. So now that the analysis dungeon has been released, we're all here. <laughs> Holy crap. So, yeah. Yeah. How you been, Andre? Oh man, it's been rough, dude. <laughs> that analysis <laughs> ruined my life. So I made, I made, I was making an effort this year to be on more of our podcasts, and I was doing pretty good until uh, one, I decided to move to Seattle, and then right after that, Nintendo had a giant uh, Nintendo Direct announcing Super Mario Maker Two, and as everyone knows, I think um, I was working on that video for almost three weeks, and that was just a nightmare. <laughs> I promised myself after after our two hour. Breath of the Wild analysis after my hour and a half, almost almost hour and a half analysis of the Mario Odyssey. I'm like, I cannot do that again. It takes too much out of me. It just ruins my life. And uh, yet here I here I am again doing the exact same thing. Um, so hopefully people out there enjoyed it. But yeah, I like my, that just ruined that actively ruined my life for a good two and a half weeks there. So I'm just glad it's behind me now. I can move on, kind of. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Until the next trailer and the one after yeah. that. Fortunately, right. so, you have a nice truncated uh, release schedule. So you only have until June to hold out for. That's true. Uh, that is, I guess, that is a perk. But that could mean a bunch of like little tidbits coming out from between now and then, right? So who knows? <laughs> right. Welcome to my world with Pokemon. <laughs> with Pokemon, <laughs> yep. That is a uh, annual occasion. <laughs> like Pokemon's <laughs> announced. Guess what? Pokemon can happen anytime, any to any place. It's just gonna be there. And yeah. Uh, I almost got to where you were as far as analysis between Fire Emblem and Pokemon with these this freaking analyses. That's true. Yeah, no, uh, you were very busy with those as well. <laughs> um, so I think you you took the smart uh, the smart tactic of dividing yours up between like the trailer and the map, <laughs> whereas I'm an idiot and just decided to all throw it in together at once. Um, I'm not which even sure how you'd split things. yours up. That's the thing. Sorry, I'm not even sure how you'd split yours up. That that yeah, that's a part that sucks. I mean, the thing was too. Um, as I was going through the trailer, like every like it was, it felt like I was fighting a Hydra, where every detail I came across <laughs> would spawn three more ideas, and those would spawn their own ideas. So everything was so interconnected, as you were saying, basically, like it was impossible to, for really to really divide it up. I think, um, you know, without having like a whole idea too of how it was all fitting together and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, the way your workflow is, you were finding new things all the way up to like pretty much the very last day before you, before you recorded. And I think even as you were recording, you added new stuff, and it was just oh, like, I, added, I added finding, a ton. Yeah, I added a ton of stuff while writing the script. And not right. only that, as I was literally watching the finished product, I was still finding new crap. Ugh. I'm like, are you kidding me? So what I think I'm gonna do is I I do want to split it up now, but I did I did loosely organize it by topic in the analysis. So I think I'm gonna split them up like we did for Breath of the Wild, but this time. I'm actually going to add a couple new details throughout that I noticed since then. Um, and that might be starting with vertical levels tomorrow, but I know something really interesting about that. So, yeah, stay tuned. Nice. <laughs> it never ends. It never <laughs> ends. It never ends, John. This, Mario Maker's <laughs> ruining my life. Um, but I am, despite this, I am so stoked for this game. So I want to have a whole discussion about Mario Maker uh, now that, you know, I'm, I'm outside of the analysis and there's so much more we can talk about now. So mm-hmm. Should we yeah. tell everybody about the fun that we had Rendering the analysis. <laughs> oh, God. only only vaguely on Twitter, but yeah, for whatever reason. So with my move to Seattle, I got a new computer. I was using a newer version of Vegas. Yes, we use Vegas for most of us here, um, and it did not like this project at all. It, I couldn't like while well, I was able to put it together with little issue in Vegas. When it came to rendering, it was a complete nightmare. Uh, my Vegas, uh, my software would keep hanging. 
on a random percentages. I tried rendering it um, in smaller chunks. I was still having issues. So then I sent it to Derek, and um, it seemed like you were having the same issue at first, where you couldn't render the, the entire thing at all. But then you start rendering it in smaller chunks yourself, and that ended up working, kind of. <laughs> right? and, and kind of not really. So I'm like, okay, I guess you're just having trouble with yours. I just rendered out a 30-minute uh, Pokemon discussion. I can probably handle this. I have a nice new computer. And no, it decides to have the exact <laughs> same issues. In fact, it, it, it just kept getting stopped even sooner in the in the thing. So we decided to switch over for like our uh, what kind of... Like, we were doing WMVs, we, then we went to MP4s, hoping that would fix it, and that did seem to solve the problem, and then it kept getting held up. So eventually, what we decided to do was just do 10-minute chunks, and then after a while, those 10-minute chunks were still too long for them to render, and I'd see these problem points, so I'd render a minute. And sometimes <laughs> that wouldn't even work, and just trying to get past these in individual little moments so I could render it out, and then splice them all back together somehow you always get me involved in these stupid long ass analyses <laughs> and i have I'm like i'm like like with breath of the wild i had to worry about all the rendering with that and with oh that's mario right. i had to worry about i think all the rendering. with breath of the wild i had i think i rendered i i think i rendered well i was able to i sent you that but i had to go to pax i wanted to finish up before pax so then you had, you had to finish the rest of it though uh, based on the segment I sent you, so yeah, these uh, these are not these these giant analyses I like to do are just a nightmare for everyone. I mean, like it's just a black hole of uh, just emotion. Like I'm just I'm like just a blank slate now. I I feel nothing these days. Jeez, I just I, I really don't know how you do it. I mean, it really it was like you said three weeks of solid work, and you've done this now twice before, and this is your third time. And knowing that you've done it before, and knowing how much it, as you say, ruined your life. I, it props to you for being willing to take that on, knowing just how far the rabbit hole or how far down the rabbit hole you're going. I mean, it's, that's it's a, a lot of work. That's the only reason I know. That's the only reason I'm able to do it is because I don't know how deep it goes. Like every time, every time, I'm like, oh, this won't be that bad. This seems like it's a 90 second trailer, and mo- half of which is in the Mario World theme. Like almost half of it's like there's a first clip. So like, how much can there be here, really? Weeks later, I finally had the answer to that question. So it's only because I'm an idiot and I always forget how long it takes. Yeah. Um. So I'm just glad these projects usually only come along once a year. It seems like it's. I don't. I mean, as you said, this is only my third like super, super like you know hour plus one. So, um. So hopefully it's in at least another year until the next one. But who knows? There could be another Mario Maker trailer that just ruins my <laughs> life again in the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, at least you're, you know, you're, you're, it's in your rear view mirror now, and, you know, you can hopefully take some time to recover before the inevitable fourth mega analysis comes along, and uh, you gotta jump right back down in that rabbit hole. Yep. <laughs> what have so you been I'm up happy to... to move on for now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to lately, uh, Ash? Um, honestly, just working and, and just kind of take, taking care of stuff, or taking care of stuff around the house. Uh, you'll have to excuse me if I sound a little tired today and out of sorts, because, because I am. I won't go into why, but I had to get up at four in the morning this, uh, this morning to go to the hospital, and everything's fine, nothing super crazy, but I only got back, like, an hour before we recorded, so super sleep-deprived, but other than that, I'm doing fine, although I will say I am getting old, you guys, because Derek... I have been trying to finish Kingdom Hearts 3 for like the past week, and I'm at the very end, but I only have time to really play it when it's late, like after Basola goes to bed, after my wife goes to bed. So it's like, you know, 11.30, midnight, and I used to be able to stay up so late so easily, and now I'm like falling asleep. And so I keep thinking, okay, tonight's the night. I'm going to finish Kingdom Hearts 3. Derek and I are going to talk about it. It's going to be awesome. And then I fall asleep. 
And I'm like, oh, <laughs> next so day. Old. I know. I'm just I'm getting old. I can't stay up the way I used to. So I intend for tonight to be the night that I finally go finish Kingdom Hearts 3 because I've been at the end for a while now. <laughs> and I just either I don't have time or I do have time and then I fall asleep. So I got some coffee. I, I've got a I've got so a late free night, you know, open tonight. So I'm going to try to do it. Um, other than that, I've been playing some Monster Boy here and there. Still really enjoying that game, uh, Andre. I know you've been, you've played a little bit of the beginning of it. And you weren't quite feeling it as, as much as I am, but I'm yeah. still playing it and I'm liking it a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I need to get farther. I'm not far at all. I'm like maybe half an hour in. I just got to the, okay. to the segment where he turned into a pig, so I'm still super That's early. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but and you know, and it, I will say the the pig form is by far the least interesting of them to use because oh, I, that's yeah. what that's what made me turn it off. Uh-huh. <laughs> I already wasn't liking the game that much, and I got to the pig. I'm like, eh. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll revisit this. Um, so I turned on Breath of the Wild or Tetris 99 instead. I think. Nice. So, but I have heard good things about, it, so I want to go back and see what I'm missing. But right now, it's just not. I mean, I think the art style is great. The opening cinematic is fantastic. <laughs> Isn't it the great? Full, full, yeah. It's great. It's really well done. Yeah. Um. But then I got to the gameplay, and it just felt like a. It just felt standard. Um. I, I like the light Metroidvania like elements I've, ha- I've come across so far, but beyond that, the game, the core gameplay seemed pretty standard, and the music felt really repetitive so yeah i think i remember you're still in the in like in the first kind of tutorial-esque dungeon which it is i, I remember thinking kind of like it is a little basic but the game does open up quite a bit after you get out of that dungeon the music gets better the the, the backgrounds get more interesting it's the game just kind of starts opening up after that first dungeon so okay, although it's All fair right. to say you know no game should be like oh it gets good an hour in or it gets good 10 hours in but this is one of those uh-huh. games you know you play it for like an hour you're out of that dungeon and then the game really does open up okay yeah. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll try it again. I'll stick with it. So cool. we'll revisit this. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, what do you what, what have you been up to, John? Well, uh, right now I'm in Paris. I'm in France at the moment, and um, I'm actually I'm on location doing a Splatoon event, which will take place tomorrow. Uh, so we'll cover that over the week at some point. Um, but apart from that, I actually finished Breath of the Wild 100. percent I got every single Korok seed. I visited every single location. And um, that game is done now, and I'll do that on the on the two year anniversary. Right on, the, as soon as that game told, um, sent, um, turned two years old, it was one hundred percent complete, and it feels so good. <laughs> nice, <laughs> congrats, man! That's awesome. That's that a is. huge yeah, accomplishment. Amazing. So, yeah, you streamed it too, right? And I did. Which, yeah. And when you found, and when you found, as I recall, when you found the final Korok seed, you still weren't done, as it turned out, right? Right, right, yeah. So I found the nine hundredth Korok seed. And my, uh, my percentage read something like 99.12%. And I was like, what more is there to do? I've done everything. <laughs> so, so, and then the chat said, well, there's one location you haven't visited because that's what uh, makes 100%. And so I went around the, um, my, my map and somehow the chat knew exactly where I hadn't visited. And it was the King's Archive in, the, uh, in Hyrule Castle. Yeah. So oh. in the library, there's this little bookcase that you can remove, and somehow the chat knew that that was the one place I hadn't been. <laughs> nice. Wow. Oh, wow. So that's that's like, should that. you miss that? Because that's some good story stuff in there, too. <laughs> yeah, there's some great stuff in there. So yeah, the chat found that. I went in there, uh, read the book, and then I exited, and all of a sudden, 100% complete on the two-year anniversary. And, you know, I never actually expected to finish this game. I thought, like, the Korok seeds were always, like, this unreachable goal that just sort of kept you going and exploring the world. But um, it's done. So now I look at Hyrule now, and I'm like, what What do I do? <laughs> well, I mean, John, really, you're only half done, buddy, because the master mode now uh, gives oh, you a, whole, a yeah. whole another 100% for you to complete. So, uh-huh. 
Go four find Amy Proxy in the Master Mode now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got two tr- years. Trickier. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to have that done by the game's four year anniversary. You got this. <laughs> right, get going. <laughs> yeah. Very good start. Start now. <laughs> uh, you also got to try out Kirby, which uh, kind of saved my butt because I was like trying to get a bunch of stuff finished, and there was just so many like deadlines hitting me all at once. And thankfully, you were able to take Kirby for me. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't too hot on it, really. There's some mixed reviews on Kirby's um, Extra Epic Yarn. And um, in my opinion, everything that adds to the game diminishes the game. Because they, um, they add a hard mode, which I love. I thought, I thought Kirby's Epic Yarn was a bit too easy on Wii. Like, it, I understand why it's easy. It's easy to be, to, like, to be relaxing. But um, they added these new abilities, which make the game even easier, which I don't think makes, makes any sense. <laughs> and then they had this hard mode, and the new abilities that made it easier make the hard mode easier. So it's like, why is that? Why is there a hard mode when you made the game itself easier, and the actual easy mode is even easier than before? <laughs> I just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to me. no, it doesn't. That's very like contradictory, very conflicting. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, if it, I feel like it's adding the health meter probably would have been enough, right? Like, right, yeah. yeah. Like if they had options, like if you could have the the, the the vanilla mode with the health meter and no new abilities, that'd be a great game. Yeah. But instead, they have all these weird options, and none of them really make any sense within each other. So, like, everything they add kind of just makes the game worse. <laughs> so, yeah, in my opinion, this is worse than the Wii game. But it's still an okay game. Not the best Kirby game, but it's, you know, it's, it's all it's, right. It's weird how they've been releasing these, um, like, sideways, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, these ports that aren't, uh, or these remakes, ports, whatever you want to call them, that aren't the definitive versions necessarily. We had this with New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe which had some weird control issues and was technically missing some content. Now Kirby adds this weird spin on the gameplay that kind of detracts from it. And of course, there was also Luigi's Mansion, which I liked, um, but it was it was still different from the original game. Like, I wouldn't say it was definitively better. Um, it was better in some ways and worse than others. So it's weird how Nintendo's been going about remakes or ports recently in that um, they're not objectively the best version. Well, that way you can get both. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe that's true. true. <laughs> oh, sneaky uh, Nintendo. Yeah. The biggest thing to me, me looking at your review is just how that stupid devilish mode would interrupt the music. Like, oh, yeah. Music's uh, one of the best parts of uh, Epic Yarn, and they interrupt it constantly with the devilish mode. And, like, no, you don't do yeah, that. Yeah, it's so bad, too. Like, the, It's like a 15 second loop. So every single time the devil's on the screen, there's just this very repetitive piano music that, that repeats itself uh. far too often. Um, and the worst part is as well is these new abilities can deal with the devil so easily too. So uh, if you have the sword, as soon as the devil comes on screen, just slash him and he's gone. So it's like it's not, <laughs> if you have that ability, there's no point in the devil. And there's also these amiibo abilities. And if you scan in, I think it's Meta Knight, you get the sword immediately. So these these amiibo basically give you power ups. It's like imagine a Mario game where you scan in Mario and all of a sudden you get them the, the super mushroom. Like how how dumb is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know it's hard to think of like amiibo abilities, but that just undermines every single part of the game. Right. That uh that music problem sounds like one of my very 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 few issues with Sonic Mania, where I would actively want to not turn into Super Sonic or Tails uh-huh. or Knuckles just because it would bring that really repetitive super form music on and you know cut out the actual stage music, which is so much better. And I'd be like, no, I can I just have Super Sonic without the music, please? Because I don't want to have the music interrupted, and it always brought me out of the level. 
See, I had a very similar issue in uh, Tropical Freeze, where when I reached the end of any level, the amazing <laughs> music would stop. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. Although, fun. actually, in, in a more real sense, it actually does apply to the bonus rooms of that game, which does interrupt the flow and the music mm. as well. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I've been actually playing uh, Devil May Cry 5. We actually got the, a copy of that in for review, and fortunately had the time to play through it, and it, it really is a great game uh i i it's wonderful to have a return to form especially because i didn't realize it was 2008 when devil may cry 4 came out so uh, having that uh this come back and be a really good continuation of the original and really tying together all the uh elements that have been presented throughout the devil may cry games except two because nobody cares about two uh was really cool to see and i i think it's a great game well worth picking up if you like the action genre at all uh you really don't need to know the past games you get all you need to know from a little recap uh, that's available on the main menu, and you're good to go. Uh, and it, it's a really good time. I, I did end up giving it a like a lot. Uh, just a few camera issues and pacing issues that I had a little bit of trouble with. But otherwise, I mean, I, I love seeing how versatile this RE engine of Capcom's is, because, boy, howdy, is it beautiful. When you said 2008, that really puts things in perspective. Um, yeah. I was, I was watching uh, Tim Rogers' review of, of Devil May Cry 5, and he said something along the lines of, it felt like um, Devil May Cry never really left, because the gameplay still kind of feels the same. Uh, but that was 11 years ago. <laughs> that was yeah. over a decade ago. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's just mad that they've returned to this franchise, and yet it doesn't feel like they really left, because the game's still so similar in, in a way. But that's still over a decade ago, and that's insane. There's yeah, a level well, and- of comfort there, I think. But yeah, go ahead, Ash. And also, it's just very rare to see kind of, you know, an example of how this series has played out where you get four entries in and then you get a reboot. And usually that reboot is what ends up replacing whatever came before. But no, we got the reboot and then they went back to the original uh, timeline or the original uh, story and started continuing that. And that reboot's probably gone for good. So it's interesting the way that that has kind of played out because you don't see that very often. Wasn't it Inafune's influence that led to that reboot as well? It sure was. <laughs> yep. It sure you notice, was. You, notice, you, you yep. notice that Capcom is shaking off the uh, the stink of Inafune and all of a sudden yeah. go, getting to these amazing heights? Oh, How totally. You know, you know what uh, Inafune also kind of you know, had them make was uh, Lost Planet 3, and that sold terribly for them so oh geez i forgot about that game right I, everyone did <laughs> and mm. yeah the inafune and his whole you know capcom needs to be more like the west and and make less japanese games that backfired so hard at, for them like right in their faces mm-hmm. and man it, there is just a night and day difference now i i have uh, the dmc reboot i have not played it but i have watched a playthrough of it and some of the things they do on there <laughs> in the, for the sake of edge is yeah. so ridiculous and yeah mm, it, it feels good to have the the right kind of over-the-top stuff for devil may cry because right ugh, dmc is it's it's i think it plays fine from everything i've seen story mm, <laughs> not really. oh no it's a mess but it's like it's one of those things where you can't help but like laugh because it's so deeply stupid it's like aggressively stupid and and like edgy in the lamest way but they think they're so cool and they're like oh yeah the the, the, the players are gonna love this this is so cool and it falls so flat you can't help but like love watching these cutscenes because they're and i i want to i want to quote some but i can't because as you said derek the kind of over the top it is not exactly the kind of thing i can quote here on real talk 
I mean, our, our witty dialogue comes down to uh, Dante and a, and a monster uh, screaming F you at each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of exactly that scene. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, like, a ambulance gets thrown at Nero and he just calmly walks out and just says, somebody call for a doctor? Oh, that's like, so much better. Exactly. Yeah, Those are the yeah. type of type of witty witty lines you want. Or, or Dante seeing uh, a spinning enemy that has these spikes uh, on it, and they're just it's just for some reason just stays in place and keeps spinning. So he's like, hmm. Looks over, uh, he's, uh, rubs his uh, chin a little bit, and sort of puts his chin close to and get a shave, and then it finally attacks him. It's like that stupid. Uh, uh, wonderful crap like that. That's what DMC is all all about, and it's great to see it return. And uh, I'm hoping we'll get another sequel eventually because I, I can't wait to see what they do next with it. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, yep, and nice way to hold off until uh, Bayonetta three comes. <laughs> That's true. And, and for the record, I really do want to play DMC five. Like I, I've enjoyed the series throughout the years. I haven't necessarily played them all myself, but I've either played them or I've seen them played by somebody else and I just enjoy the mythos I enjoy the just the general vibe of it so DMC5 is definitely on my list well there's a there's a line in Derek's review which says you don't need to play all the other games to enjoy this one that's, that's true too yeah. On this. yeah so I, I've played DMC3 but I've not played well I've, I've played I've dipped my toe in 1 and 4 but I've not like finished them so Derek saying that kind of sold me on um, giving DMC5 a go mm-hmm Nice. Yeah. You'll have no issue uh, catching up, I don't think at all. And it's not really all about the story anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, the story is definitely enjoyable, though. But yeah. Nice. Good week for releases. I mean, it's, it's great to see Capcom back on top between Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, uh, Devil May Cry, Mega Man. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they really seem to have surged back in a way that I didn't really ever think they might you know back when kind of konami started going down you know just going downhill and capcom kind of did at the same time but capcom has made a i would say a complete recovery whereas konami not so much (laughs) not really (laughs) but uh well let's go ahead and uh, move on to our uh news topics for this week and uh Right off the bat, we have uh, we had something we reacted to before earlier this week with the released uh, design of movie Sonic, um, and Yuji Naka actually uh, commented on seeing it, and of course, like everybody else with a functioning brain, <laughs> no, that's me, <laughs> but like everybody else, he's Don't not a fan. Uh, yeah, the more I see of this, the more I'm scared. <laughs> they released, um, well, I think it was leaked. There was an image of Sonic sort of running on a road, and it looks a little bit better, but he still looks absolutely terrifying. Like, it's nightmare fuel. Uh, it's, what, if, what if it actually is a horror movie? I mean, maybe they're nailing oh, it, and we just don't know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, you know, is anyone really, I mean, how could Yuji Naka come out and say anything else? Like, there's, you know, this is one of his uh, I mean, I think. How- I think that's kind of it, though, Ash. The fact he said anything at all, right? That's like, true. This is, that he this it was is one so of his creators, yeah, yeah. De- denouncing the new design. So, yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, so which means, yeah, I mean, he did the the I guess the PC thing would have been just to not say anything at all, but it's that bad that he just had to come out and say it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think um, he said that his his head isn't large enough or isn't round enough, which I think I agree with. Like, his, his head looks weird compared to the rest of his body. Because his body is very human form. Like when he when he stretched out, it looks like a human. It looks like a naked human <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with well, a weird hedgehog head. 
Um, I mean, I believe that Sonic's design is originally based on Felix the Cat, which had that kind uh-huh. of squash, like big head looked look to it. And so it's an iconic part of Sonic's design, and it's not here. <laughs> Instead, it's yeah. just a, kind of a freak looking thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not good. And I I have seen some people hopeful, like maybe like. Maybe this isn't the final design. Still, these maybe these are still production documents. And we'll get it, like the final design will be better. This seems pretty close to what it is. So, give up hope. Don't, don't <laughs> yeah, give Sega the benefit of the doubt. That's that's what I've learned <laughs> over all these years. That is well, that's yeah. I, I wouldn't even blame that. Sega for this. This is total movie movie exec, uh, executive. Well, I mean, it's I suppose, but I mean, look at look at Detective Pikachu, Pokemon Company. I'm pretty sure it has at least some, if not a lot, of input into that. Sega could have made that a requirement as well of whatever contract they signed to this movie studio. So the fact that they seemingly gave up any, almost any form of input beyond the little we've heard about, like Sega having issues with the eyes, I think. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a little bit weird that Sega would be so hands-off with this when they could make that a requirement. Which kind of is their own fault, too. It's like, yeah, I mean, no, even, totally. if, even if this design wasn't created in-house at Sega, Sega signed off on it. So they still bear a lot of the blame here because they, they allowed this to, you know, to become public. Yep, I, I agree. I mean, with, that, with all that being said, we haven't seen a trailer yet. We haven't seen an official piece of, like, art that was meant to be seen by, by the public. So it's not fair to fully... It's not fair to judge the movie yet, obviously, without seeing it or seeing more of it. With that said, I'm not... Well, no. With that being said, I'm extremely hopeful for it because this movie looks amazing <laughs> based on yeah. all this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, until we see like an official trailer, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve like you know final comment, of course. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's not fair to the creators that we're judging it based on work that wasn't meant. You know, it's not entirely fair that based on uh, work that wasn't meant to be seen by us at this sure. point. So I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Well, moving on to something that has a bit of potential, uh, the N64 classic, uh, I think, uh, Torok Dinosaur Hunter is coming to the Switch on March 18th. Kind of a surprise announcement, and Torok 2 Seeds of Evil are coming later. Now, these both of these ports are based on uh, our HD remasters of the versions that originally came out for the PC. I never actually knew these games came out on PC. I thought they were N64 uh, like exclusives or something like that. So mm-hmm. I, I've never actually played Turok games, but I remember everybody talking about them. Turok, Turok oh, go, oh, sorry, ahead. go ahead. Okay, um, that's a really good point, Derek, because um, Turok has always been an N64 game to me. Like the original game came out on PC and N64, and I think maybe PlayStation as well. But um, everyone just sort of sees it as an N64 game because that's where it was, you know, held as a classic during that time, and it was remastered for Xbox One and PC recently. But it didn't really ca- like capture much um, traction from that remaster. But this Switch port already seems to be pretty, you know, in the know uh, as far as what news is um, covered. So I think this is kind of begin- like going to be like a Turok's kind of rebirth at this point. Especially because you know, Nintendo fans obviously are very into Turok. It's, it's just this franchise that everyone has known about since the N64 days. But it's never captured that same legacy since its original conception. So maybe this is the time. Maybe it's Tarot's rebirth time. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I, I don't think it's quite time for its rebirth, but um, <laughs> Tarot's importance though really can't be like. I, actually, I think it's um like undersold. Like Tarot really before even GoldenEye or Halo proved that shooters were viable on consoles. Like it even had a a, a pseudo uh, like mouse and keyboard setup with the fact that 
you use the C buttons to move as you would with the uh, arrow keys on the keyboard, and the control stick sh to shoot as you would or to aim as you would with a mouse. Um, so it so it showed that those controls could work on a console, um, and it did so like competently. Granted, the game had issues like only being able to see ten feet in front of you at a time, <laughs> but uh -huh. it looked it also looked amazing for its time. Yeah. And, and also, this was a, a a mature title on Nintendo hardware. Like there was blood everywhere in that game, um, which again, this is coming right after the uh, Super Nintendo, which Nintendo was a little bit more reserved. Um, granted, they started changing during that era, like with Mortal Kombat 2, but still, Nintendo was like primarily seen as a family-friendly company, and now you have like, Turok, where you're blasting dinosaurs in the face and blood shooting everywhere. <laughs> One of the weapons was a cerebral boar, right. which drills <laughs> into people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that might have been Turok 2, but still, point stands. <laughs> True. Like, Turok 2 is the better game, no doubt, but um, it sounds like Turok 2 is coming as well, so all the better. And Turok 2 has a really great multiplayer mode as well. Right. Um, in fact, that, there was actually a comment on one, on our update saying that the dinosaur models look bad, and those dinosaur models, like compare them to Yoshi and Mario sixty four. <laughs> these these yeah. dinosaur models are the best on the platform. <laughs> Don't hate on them. <laughs> yeah. No, like Turok. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe as you said, Andre. It's not necessarily time for its rebirth necessarily, but I do think it. Uh, I also agree with you that it is understated how important it was to the N64's early days, and I remember having a great time with that game. I remember it being pretty hard for me, because I'm not very good at first-person shooters, but I really enjoyed it, and I would use all the codes to get all the different weapons, and I remember loving, really loving the lineup of weapons in that game. And Turok 2, as you said, the Cerebral Boar. I mean, Turok in general just had a really cool unique lineup of weapons. And something else, like, I didn't realize it at the time, because I was too young to, like, get it, but looking back, Turok was... It's really, to my mind, one still one of the very, very few Native American protagonists in video games. Now, mm. he is represented in a stereotypical sense, kind of like Nightwolf. So it's not necessarily maybe positive representation, but it is representation. And, and to this day, I can't think of that many more games headlined by a Native American main character. Ash, Turok 3. Do you, do you think <laughs> it can happen now that we've had these ports? Maybe, you know what, if Turok 1 and 2... Does uh, sell well on Switch? Who knows? Maybe it's... I mean, there have been other Turok games, right? They, they're not called Turok well, I was going to say, yeah. hold, hold on. Before yeah. Turok 3, we have to get Turok Rage Wars, all right? Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> the multiplayer-focused 64 shooter in which you can play as a raptor. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I just oh, looked it up. There is a, there's at least one other game called Turok Battle of the Bionosaurs. So there have been other Turok games, but I don't know. You know, that might be the kind of Kingdom Hearts thing where we have all these different side stories, but we're really, really waiting for the ending chapter in Turok 3, <laughs> yeah, right? The Turok lore is too deep for us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've never played it. I might check it out as a curiosity, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm skeptical of how it holds up. Um, I mean, so, we're, so looking at those pictures, it definitely doesn't look as good as I remember it looking. Um, I think that's just a function of it like being upscaled now, like with it, you know, being rendered at a much higher resolution. The shortcomings in the, you know, in the in the environmental detail, like it's more apparent now. Whereas on 64, playing now on a CRT, like a, you know, 13-inch CRT, it looked amazing. So yeah. unfortunately, I don't think there's any way to really capture that short of a complete redo of the game. Um, but it's cool that the game is coming, and I'll I'll probably check it out just to just to relive it because I haven't played that game in eons at this point. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Nightwolf, or at least uh, Mortal Kombat, we got some <laughs> new characters revealed for Mortal Kombat 11, and there's not too much to say about these, other than we got uh, Cassie Cage, Jackie Briggs, and Aaron Black confirmed for the game, and uh, I gotta say, I, I love Cassie's uh, fatalities. <laughs> I, I played a little bit of 10, and she was one of my mains, so it's cool to see Cassie back. 
It is, and she actually looks way better in this game. That like her character model looks so much better in this game than it did in ten. And I hear you, Derek. I loved her fatality, and just in general, like my, my wife is a huge Mortal Kombat fan. So we actually yesterday went through and watched all the reveal trailers so far for Mortal Kombat Eleven characters, and I I mean it's impressive, but also a little disturbing that eleven entries in, they're still finding genuinely, like genuinely creative ways to like viciously murder people like it's <laughs> it's it's weird it's it's really impressive because that's what mortal kombat's all about but you kind of got to think about the fact that this is coming from people's brains and <laughs> 11 games in we're still coming up with new ways to dismember people it's a little weird but i'm here for it like i'm really excited to play this game like mm. so for me it actually like puts me off a little bit i think i don't know maybe this maybe it's just me getting older now <laughs> like i think it's too far like i hear back you. in back in the arcades like you know there was even though they use live action, you know, the the actually like filmed people for those character models, it still looked very cartoonish, especially with how they drew the fatalities. But now, like it's I don't know, this game like brutal. Like I feel like they crossed a line a couple of games ago. That just doesn't really interest me now. Um, like I, I think it was when, at the time when they did the X ray vision yeah, stuff, and yeah. you see the bones actually breaking. I'm like I don't know, this isn't really doing anything for me these days. So mm-hmm. you know, I think yeah. I agree with you. It's like they're trying to prove a point with their violence. It's not just violence for the sake of it, like of entertainment. It's just violence for the sake of violence. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm 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 conf- I'm conflicted about this title because we've had a lot of fighting games this generation with Blaze Blue and Street Fighter Five and Tekken and uh, Dead and Alive, Dead or Alive, and some of them have done okay. Like Tekken did great, but a lot of them have just kind of done okay. Like Dead or Alive, in fact, even I think it kind of bombed. Like no one really knew about it. that game was coming. There was a very expensive uh, season pass. So I do kind of wonder, like, do you think uh, this game, Mortal Kombat 11, has a chance of really doing well? So I, I'm not sure what the fighting game climate really looks like at the moment because we've had a fair few of flops in the recent years. I, I think, think it'll it does. Be fine. Yeah, only because NetherRealm Studios games tend to be very, con- you know, they tend to perform consistently well. So. Mortal Kombat never really seems to... I mean, it had that dip, of course, in, like, what, the, like the, the early 2000s where it was doing a lot of stuff like Shaolin Monks, like, you know, Armageddon. No, those didn't do well. But I think ever since Mortal Kombat really had its proper resurgence with 9 and then 10, it those did really well. And so I, I, think, I think people are here for Mortal Kombat. I think there's going to be a lot of support for it, and uh, I think it's going to do much better than a game like Dead or Alive 6 because the marketing behind that was just bizarre, and it was really, like, as you said, an expensive season pass... I think, you know, Mortal Kombat has a large, dedicated fan base, much like Street Fighter, I think. Not to the size and, and uh, penetration of Street Fighter, but, yeah, I think I think Mortal Kombat 11 is going to do well. How well will it do on Switch? That's the question to me. I'm really curious to see how it sells on Switch. Mm-hmm. And a big point is I, I know that this game exists. Dead or Alive? I didn't know it existed <laughs> until a couple exactly. of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with with Mortal Kombat, I, I think... They've kind of perfected the story mode, so a lot of people are just in it for, oh, I'm going to see what happens next. What kind of crazy stuff thing. is happening now? They really have yeah. just done a great job on getting people involved in those story modes. And uh, even Street Fighter attempted to emulate it poorly, but they, Five yeah. did attempt to do that with their story mode. And uh, it, it's one of those uh, big points of it. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of get a kick out of it. There's still some uh, fun, gruesome fatalities to see on on occasion, like I I like Cassie's second fatality. Uh, have you seen? Have you have you only seen the one uh, Ash, or did you see I, the second I've one? I've seen. Let's see. I've seen. I think I've seen them both because that's. I know I saw the one with Sonia where she like fires them up into the helicopter blade, which is really cool. Um, but let's see which which Cassie are you talking about when the drone fires? 
No, I'm talking about the the fatality where she's like running towards the enemy, shooting at them, and then yes. gets them in the crotch, and their skeleton pops out. Right, like so. <laughs> that's absolutely that's old school to me as far as yeah, cartoonish. <laughs> Yeah, and like that's the thing is like I agree that the violence has gotten really intense because it used to be in a car- more cartoony way, and and it's gotten really grisly and really realistic. At the same time, I like I I, I sometimes have to look away because I've gotten older. I'm like, oh man, that really is intense. Like with those X-ray attacks you mentioned, Andre. But at mm-hmm. the same time, the 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 more over the top and ridiculously gory and grisly they get, I just have to laugh because I'm like, there is really no other series that does violence quite like this, and it's just. You just have to laugh at how ridiculous it all is. And it's, just, it's, I agree with you, Andre. It's like not, I'm not into it the way I used to be as a kid. Like, oh, cool, blood, gore, guts. Like, yeah, <laughs> definitely not. But I do enjoy just the obscene over-the-topness of it. It's just, it's so violent. It just comes all the way back around to being ridiculously funny, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Old man Paulson. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's amazing That's what me. tone can do, because you have, like, these super violent things in Mortal Kombat, and it's, you know, played kind of for laughs. And then you have Resident Evil 2, where you have a guy getting chopped in half, and it's just like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Like, compare, like, the violence in Mortal Kombat to something like The Last of Us. Like, The Last of Us, the violence, I did have to look away a lot of, a lot of the time, because it did feel raw and brutal. In Mortal Kombat, even though it looks realistic now, it still feels like comedy to me it's just goofy I mean, and ridiculous yeah, there's a good point to that like I mean Mortal Kombat is obviously over the top in general right um, you have a guy that can control lightning with his hands <laughs> in the game uh, but then you compare you contrast that with like a game like Tomb Raider Tomb Raider where yeah. some of those where some of those deaths are just like graphic especially given the uh, the more grounded nature of the overall gameplay experience right um, and it just kind of seems in, in that case it definitely seems more out of left field I think like definitely like it seemed more I mean, it's unnecessary Mortal Kombat 2, in a way, but it's also kind of essential to its identity, whereas that isn't the case for Tomb Raider, where you could make the same game without those gnarly, grisly deaths, and it would still hold up. Totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, moving on, we have the eternal question mark that is Death Stranding, and according to Kojima, it is the development is a little behind schedule, which... Duh. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. And not, not only that, I mean, first off, it's not... I, I'll guarantee you right now, uh, despite him not clarifying what a little behind schedule means, it's going to be more more behind than it is currently, or than what he's saying. So, uh-huh. um, Andre, I don't think... Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot a moment. Oh. Explain to me <laughs> what this game is. <laughs> oh man this is, oh, do you, are you trying something back to my analysis hole for another like month or something <laughs> I, I don't know man I don't know if I can help you with this 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 game is I mean that's that's a fun thing about like Kojima products they, they look insane but you have to know more right uh-huh. like and, and the best part about it is knowing Kojima even with a final game it, it still may not make any sense <laughs> it may yeah. just be legit insanity the entire way through you know it's uh, funny for as deeply just weird and bizarre as Death Stranding has been in all the trailers, I have this funny feeling that when it actually comes out, the gameplay is actually going to be fairly... I don't think the gameplay is going to blow the world up. Like, I think it's going to be like, oh, this is a an action, a 3D action game. or so, Like, it'll have its own twist, but I don't expect it to be like this, holy crap, this is a completely new kind of gameplay. No game has ever mm-hmm. done this before. I, I think it's going to be a fairly standard video game experience with this just really bizarre universe and story. Yeah, well, the portion, the little portion we have seen so far, or that I saw before, looked like Breath of the Wild, where you're, like, you're climbing a mountain, you're dragging a body or something, which is different, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's about all it. That's about all we've seen beyond um, his interaction with the weird creatures that appear, whatever they were. 
So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But this game's marketing is literally like, here, here are these Hollywood stars, uh, buy the game. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what else it is. Like, we, all we've seen is them walking around these environments, climbing mountains and falling down slopes. There's no indication what this is from a gameplay experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, we got a little indication of like a little bit of a horror aspect at the end of the last trailer, but there's really no idea what this game will actually be in the end. It's 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 yeah. Kojima and his Hollywood friends. That's it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I'm I, I I'm completely unsure. But you know, people are definitely going to talk about it. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, eh, we'll see. But it's probably going to be a little longer until we get it. Twenty twenty one. I'm thinking twenty twenty one. That's a, that's a good bet. Yeah. 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 I I mean I think that's probably likely. So. I still, th- I mean, I still think it could be positioned as like a launch title for a new generation, or not maybe not launch, but a title for the next generation as well as the existing one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I have a feeling it, I wouldn't be. Uh, I have a feeling it'll be like cross generational compatible. So we're getting yeah, cross gen. Like that. But yeah, as for launch title, I think The Last of Us probably has a better chance of being a launch title for PS5. But I agree that Death Stranding will be like cross gen with PS4 and PS5. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be a little bit like um, how. Uh, what was it, Metal Gear um, 5 yeah. was? So. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, well, the last bit of news we have this week is uh, EA has announced that they will not be hosting an E3 press conference, which I'm, I think a lot of people are che- uh, probably cheering about this because all you ever hear <laughs> so is upset. sports, sports, Yeah, sports, what a shame. And, uh, uh. yeah. I mean, yeah, gut reaction is, eh, like, I mean... <laughs> E, e, I mean, EA is so predictable, right? They don't really do much of that that's that exciting. Like they make, you know, I you know, I get that they make games that people enjoy, but nothing they really do, not, not much of what they do is really that inherently exciting. So them missing E3 is not that big of a deal. But the the bigger news is that just that they are seemingly skipping E3. That um, at least in terms of a press conference, uh, and that this follows on Sony's heels. So does this mark a gr- a grander trend in the industry of E3 just? Diminishing in importance. I think it Ish, does. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like Nintendo have proven that you can basically do E3 all year round without paying the costs of E3. And um, like, EA's E3s don't always make sense because EA release games all year round. Like, it's not just right. fall. They release games whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last year we had like a 15-minute presentation about this Command & Conquer mobile game. And no one cared. <laughs> no one cared at all. <laughs> and they went into the audience. They announced a Star Wars game. And it was so casual. Like they kind of went up to like a developer and said, "Hey, are you making Star Wars?" And they went, "Yeah, we're making Star Wars." And that was literally all they had there. Um, so they could do that at any point during the year. There's no point to put pressure on these announcements. So I do think that E3 is sort of becoming this thing that we're moving away from. Um, it looks like Microsoft is pretty much the only one doing a live show at this point. Right. Which yeah. is, yeah, it's just so strange how that's kind of shaken out. Like. We've all been going to E3 for so many years. It's just a strange way for things to change. Because, like, I know one of the things we always look forward to every year is, you know, the, the PlayStation press conference. For for different reasons, of course. You know, they have the free food and the drinks and stuff. But I also really <laughs> enjoy their presentations. I enjoy their, their properties, their, their IPs and presentations. So to not have that, I mean, it's kind of a bummer. But I got to say, that whatever weird hybrid thing they did last year that we went to, I was not a fan. <laughs> so I like I, I'm okay if, if 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 it's between that or not having a conference at all. I'm in favor of not having a conference at all because that was such a weird 
half step that they did last year. Although the after party was pretty great, so you know there is that. Well, <laughs> I, I kind of felt that Sony show last year was a mimic of Nintendo. Yeah, like they um, yeah, they basically showcased four major games, which is what Nintendo been doing for the past couple of years, like just focusing on these on their biggest games of that year and just showcasing them much, like as much as possible. Right, um, that's what they did. Like they did like twenty minutes of The Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, yeah, just kept showing game after game, but it wasn't like a big focus on this giant reel. I think it kind of works, but probably not as like a a yearly annual presentation, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the difference with Sony too is that only one of the four four whatever games they showed off actually came out that year. Like the other games <laughs> they offered looks at were come they they're still not out, and we don't know when they're going to uh-huh. be out. So it's kind of a different yeah. concept too. Yeah. Uh huh. And the difference is like Nintendo can have a bad E three, and that's okay because then there's like a September Direct that kind of like like redeems it. So if they have a bad showing, it doesn't matter because any other month of the year could redeem that bad showing. Exactly. <laughs> it's We're going to be in for an interesting one this year, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll be. Um, with just Microsoft and Nintendo kind of sticking to what they've been doing the last few years, which is fine for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily, for, in terms of coverage, it won't change that much of what we... I mean, it won't change anything of what we do, really. Um, but I am curious about what it means for the future. Like, what's this mean for next year at E3? Is anyone going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> there's ba- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no games to play. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I guess as long as Devolver Digital never stops doing their E3 conferences, I'll be fine because they always find find a way. They manage to find a way to make things really weird and interesting. And like, what am I even watching? So as long as they keep doing it, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What if what if Nintendo ends up announcing that they're actually going back to live conferences? It's like you know what we're bringing it back. We're doing a live conference. I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't. I would be super hyped for that, but I don't think they 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 have no reason to. You know, where's why would they ever? They 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 have a direct direct line into their fan base. It's not muddied by other games media. They they can just talk directly to their fan base. And it's kind of like, as you said, E3 throughout the year for Nintendo fans. So yeah, why I, would they ever? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with that, but I don't think there's a, I don't think there's zero merit in having a live show. I mean, one putting on a live show, like just a mere announcement of that would suggest that he has some big things to show off. Sure. So that would already prime people for something more than they maybe would ordinarily, which may be a bad thing. You may not want yeah. that, <laughs> us giving the reaction to E3s currently. Um, but also, there's just something. I still feel like there's something about the energy of having. Like people in that room, which granted is a lot of press, but they had more fans there. Uh, there is something about the energy of like fans like being excited in person that you don't get through a live stream and reading, you know, Twitch chat or something. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But um, at the same time, like Microsoft are doing their live shows, but they're also doing Inside Xbox, which is uh, it's kind of low key at the moment. But they are doing these sort of like direct style announcements where they kind of just show off a bunch of games, and it's not quite the same as directs. So it's nowhere near the same caliber. But it does feel like they're kind of trying to like like sort of shimmy themselves into this direct kind of style um, presentations with these inside Xbox presentations. It's so bizarre to me that Nintendo is actually ahead of the curve on something yeah. <laughs> they were, that they've been doing right. for years now, and the competitors are only now catching on. Right. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That's a Baron. That's a Berenstein Bear timeline. Yeah. Right there. There go. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, it's a. Uh, Go ahead and move on to our Patreon topics. And as always, for just $1 a month, you guys can support us on Patreon, get these podcasts three days early every uh, Friday, as well as offer up topics like the ones we have here. And uh, who would like to start off this week? Um, I guess I will, uh, only because my topic looks less intimidating than Ash's in terms of length. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, so this one comes to us by way of Leveled Up GN, who asks, So Nintendo Labo VR just uh, just being announced, and if Nintendo sees a sales for the VR set, do you think... Hold on, I'm, I, I, I have the I have annotation all over the place on this. Let me redo this. <laughs> uh, the inflection, rather. Okay, so Nintendo Labo VR was just announced, and if Nintendo sees a sales for the VR set, do you think they will eventually release a plastic VR set that adds gyro motion without using Joy-Con without using Joy-Cons, and using the Joy-Cons with motion controls, do you think we'll get a true VR experience eventually? So to consolidate, I think he's asking, if Labo VR does well, do you think we'll see a true Labo or a true VR set from Nintendo? Um, and my reaction is, I don't know how much Labo itself will matter on this. I think if it, I think if it well, I think if it performs. Ex- like well above their their expectations, there's a chance it may influence it. Otherwise, I don't think it has. I don't think it'll have any bearing on Nintendo does with VR or not. Mm. Um, but if I mean if it does end up like blowing past expectations, then maybe I could see it influencing Nintendo. Uh, perhaps like you know a green lighting a true VR setup for probably not this Switch, um, but maybe a Switch successor. So if we're just talking about the current Switch, I think Labo VR is it. Um, I think that, as we kind of already touched on before, the in, the inherent hardware to the Switch is a little bit limiting, or limiting in what you can do uh, with VR, um, which is perfect for a, a Labo-like, or a Labo, a product-like Labo. Um, but in terms of like a full experience, um, I don't quite see it. They could, they could always release a whole separate accessory, but I don't see that happening either. So, um, yeah, so for right now, I feel like for the Switch as it is, Labo VR is it, and then maybe moving ahead... We may we may see something more if Labo VR does outperform their expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think Labo VR exists in a bubble. Um, it's it's clearly not competing with PSVR or Oculus. Like no matter what people say on the internet, uh, it's 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 a cardboard VR set made for children, uh, and that's why it's part of the Labo brand. Like if they if they wanted it to be an actual VR set, they wouldn't call it Labo. And um, I don't think it will really influence anything. Like if if it sells millions and millions, maybe it will. But as it is, I think it's just going to be pretty much what it is, which is a toy. And it says toy on the box. It says Toy-Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it probably will sell all right. Probably, probably one of like, the best-performing Labo sets. But whether it's going to influence their decision on what VR is going to be, I, I kind of doubt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's also the issue that VR as a platform itself has not really reached the, the level of maturity that Nintendo would need it to to really jump in with both feet. I think with Labo VR, we're seeing the the extent to which Nintendo is willing to dip their toes into the VR experience. You know, they VR just, you know, it's really impressive when you do it and it's really really cool, but it still hasn't yet made that market penetration in terms of it's not cheap enough, it's not viable enough in terms of, you know, all the wires you have to set up and I think you know, for it would need to be there for Nintendo to really want to invest in that as a possibility. And even if Labo VR does sell well, and I do, I think it's going to sell pretty well. As you said, it may end up being the, selling the, the best of all the VR kits or all the Labo kits. But as you said, Andre, the Switch doesn't really have the horsepower to, to uh, you know, offer a full you know, hardcore VR experience. But beyond that, I just don't think the platform is mature enough for Nintendo to want to really invest in it. So I think what you're, what we're getting, what we're getting here is what we're going to get for VR mm-hmm. on the Switch. And and I think I don't think that's going to change for Nintendo's next platform either unless VR itself has matured as a platform by then. Mhm. And I think VR is too isolating for Nintendo Switch at the moment. Cuz Switch is all about sharing. Um like you take off a Joy-Con, you share it with a friend and you just play on the go. But VR, like imagine just sitting in like in the living room with your wife and wearing this <laughs> giant plastic <laughs> thing on your face. Like, it's, it doesn't mesh with the idea of what the Switch is meant to be. Right. Unless you had two switches, two VR <laughs> oh, units, man. you're both playing together. Uh-huh. 
yeah, yeah. maybe that I can see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can only echo you guys. I think it can only affect things if it is just a phenomenon, a phenomenon as sales wise, which I don't really see happening. And as Ash said, Nintendo will probably not dip into VR until the technology is just much more viable. Because look at the 3DS. They made sure to have a, a 3D system, a 3D capable system that didn't require go- uh, glasses at all. And that was a big selling point. No glasses needed, no extra things, no must, no fuss. It's just right there, adjusted how you want. There you go. And that's the that's what Nintendo is will likely wait for in return in terms of VR before they dip into that at all beyond Labo. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and and you know you, the 3DS. You bring up a good point. I mean they. They did wait for that to be the case with the 3DS, where you could have easily adjustable, to a degree, no glasses 3D, and that was the big selling point of the 3DS, and then people didn't, you know, they didn't flock to it in droves. The 3DS, in general, ended up doing very well, but most people didn't buy the 3DS for stereoscopic 3D. There are those (laughs) of us who enjoyed it, but look at the 3DS now. Like, really, the only models you can buy don't have it. (laughs) It's like you can get the 2DS, (laughs) and and, I mean, it's really hard to actually, and not even that, like, it's it's basically impossible to find new 3DS releases, first party, (laughs) uh, that, that support 3D, other than Luigi's Mansion. Mm-hmm. Right, and Ash, I went to this um, this Nintendo event, which was public to everyone, um, and all the kids there had two DSs. They were playing Pokemon <laughs> and Mario Kart on their two DSs, and it, it's just like I think I think the three DS was so popular because the games were so accessible. Like you have three D Land and Mario Kart Seven and Pokemon X and Y and Sun and Moon, and um, because the hardware is so cheap, it's so easy to get into. And right. I, yeah, I don't think it's 3D that was the reason 3DS did so well. Exactly. It's just that the games were good and the hardware was cheap. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Well, uh, Ash, John, whose topic do you want to do next? Um, I think we should go with mine first and then we can end on Ash's giant uh, question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my question comes from James Gregson, who says, uh, this isn't really a question, it's more of a statement, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll discuss the statement. So it says, just a shout out to John. If it wasn't for your constant mentioning of how excellent a game of Tropical Freeze is, I wouldn't have caved in and got um, off my shelf and played it properly. My first playthrough was, rush, um, was rushed, but uh, this time I sat down and um, got all the puzzle pieces and Kong letters and played this extremely difficult yet satisfying hidden temple levels. Ruddy, amazing game. Um, so yeah, that's not a question at all. So thank you, James. <laughs> but uh, you have a good point there. Tropical Freeze is a brilliant game. And... Um, <laughs> I, I actually played it recently again. We started doing our uh, New Super Mario Brothers U coverage, which sort of like in, encouraged me to play Tropical Freeze again. And um, I hadn't finished it 100% on the Switch before. Did it on Wii U, but not on the Switch. So I went back and got every Kong letter in every level and did all of those hidden K, um, those, those K levels again. And they are hard. They're very they hard. Yeah. But um, they sort of like encourage you to do better, though. And um, they, they're so addicting too. Like every single time you die, you kind of get better each time too. So it's like a teaching experience. Every single time you fail, you just get further and further along. And um, what I love about Tropical Freeze is everything is contextualized. And so no matter what's going on, it's sort of it's shown to you. Like every single obstacle is sort of displayed to you. Like this can kill you. This can't. This can't kill you. And um, like nothing's unfair in this game. And uh, it's just such a beautiful game too. So you know what? Let's just talk about Tropical Freeze for a little bit. So, <laughs> I like I like a style, John. Yeah, well, well, I mean, what more can I add, though? I mean, I could add a ton because there's so much to talk about with this game. The game is just it's just a fantastic platformer. Like we we so first off, 
I've seen multiple comments on Twitter directed at you and myself as well, like recently thanking us for like talking about this game because with it coming to Switch, it's finally getting the attention it deserves or getting closer to the to the amount of attention it deserves. Um, and it seems like a lot of people have found have been finding it and realizing this is a legitimately fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone just asked uh, both of us, I believe, like what are you know what order would we put the Donkey Kong Country series in? And I've been saying, like, I wasn't sure uh, up until the recent re-release of Tropical Freeze on Switch where, you know, where I fell on Tropical Freeze versus DKC2, which is also a fantastic game in its own right. But after playing it, I'm like, I feel like there's almost no comp- no contest now. It, it has to be Tropical Freeze. Uh-huh. It just does everything almost perfectly that, uh, even on a technical level, like, DKC2 just obviously can't compete these days. Um, for as much as I still, you know, to be fair, I haven't played that, replay the game in a while, um, and I would like to before I completely cement this opinion, in fe- you know, uh, cement it for sure, but at this point, I, I feel like Tropical Freeze is not just the best DKC game, I think it's one of the best platformers ever made. Oh yeah. Time. Oh yeah, yeah. agreed. Mm-hmm. And um, like just to say, DKC2 is still a very good game. I think it's better than Returns. It's way better than Returns, in my opinion. <laughs> I think Returns it has is good too music. safe. Yeah, it has good, it has good music. <laughs> The returns feels like it like it, it touches the bases of what a platformer should be. It's like a lava level, a grass level, a water level, whatever. Whereas Tropical Freeze just does whatever it wants to do. Um, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, DKC two is still good, but um, Tropical Freeze is something else. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe you just said DKC two is still good. It was always oh, fantastic. Of course, of course it was. Always good. <laughs> it's not just good. How dare you? I, and that, that's kind of where I fall in this. Is I D, D, let me DKC Tropical Freeze is one of the greatest platformers of all time bar none but in my opinion so is dkc2 and i have replayed dkc2 a little more recently than tropical freeze so i actually fall slightly on the other side of this i think they're both phenomenal but i would place two just slightly above tropical freeze however if i were to go back and play tropical freeze again i might change my mind which i do which i need to do yeah um i might change my mind again so but i will say i love DKC2 and it, it, it would be really hard to outdo that game for any platformer to outdo that game in my opinion there in my estimation there are really only a couple that do that I can think of you so, know yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there 2D Donkey Kong is better than 2D Mario there I said yeah, it agree. Yeah. yeah I agree with <laughs> yeah. that Yep. Totally. I, quiet, no but I, agree with that. I mean, Although, people, people thought I was crazy. Well, the comments were. I, I We're really, going to see some comments about that. <laughs> I really say dug that it, the original Donkey Kong Country Returns uh, when it came out. It's just for pure gameplay sense. Like, it really clicked with me to the point where I actually, when we were doing our top three on the old Game Explained website, I put it above Galaxy or Galaxy 2. Yeah. I, I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, looking, I mean, I can totally see that. I, I, for me, I would put Galaxy a bit higher, but DKC oh, was a fantastic game. Yes. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and to be fair, I mean, it's only really in hindsight that uh, DKCR's problems or issues, if you want to call them that, like the, its shortcomings have become more apparent. At the time, it was a fantastic reimagining or, or re envisioning of what DKC could be and. Um, you know what form it would take in the modern era. So I don't want to undersell it, and I still think if you pair that game with a with a David Wise soundtrack, it would probably be even better received yeah. <laughs> um, these days uh-huh. than it was then. So, uh, but yeah, Tropical Freeze just did everything pretty much perfectly. So yeah, it's hard to it's hard to compare now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Tropical Freeze really is so phenomenal, and I I still maintain that if it came out that the game that Retro's been working on for the last twenty five years that we haven't heard anything about was just a third Donkey Kong game bringing back the Kremlings, I'd be so <laughs> oh, all about that. Hell yeah! Like I'm almost gonna be, gonna be a little disappointed when it isn't. Yeah, that. me so, too. Yeah. I, like I want which is yeah, 
Which is funny, that's the, that's the exact opposite of the reaction to Tropical Freeze when it was announced. Even myself, like, I, re- I love DKCR uh, Returns, but um, when they announced a sequel, I'm like, eh, you know, it was good, but I felt I got my fill. I want something new. And then I realized I'm an idiot. Tropical Freeze is amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and so I just want more. <laughs> just give yeah, me more yeah. of that perfection. Well, yeah. one thing I often see about Tropical Freeze is people complain about lack of animal buddies. And to be honest, I didn't even really care. I, I felt like every level was varied enough that they didn't need these power-ups to make them feel better. Like, even Rambi shows up maybe like five times in this game. But every single time, that instance feels justified. Like, ne- no Rambi level feels like another Rambi level. And so I never, right. I never felt like I was yearning for more animal buddies because the game was so varied as it was. I think it's just, I, I think it's more that the, those characters themselves are so beloved from the, yeah. from the from the, the classic games. Like, I, you know, I agree with you from a gameplay standpoint. They used Rambi exactly as much as they needed to, and and no le- Rambi level felt the same. I agree. However. I have to say, I did miss, like, On Guard and Espresso and Squawk. I know Squawks was an item, but come on, that doesn't count. But, uh-huh. like, you know, Espresso. Like, I missed, like, Winky. I missed those guys, and I actually really do want them to come back in, in another Donkey Kong game just because I like the characters. So, hopefully, maybe we'll get another DKC game someday that does bring, not maybe not all of them back. I don't know if anyone's really pining for Ellie to return, for example. But, you know, I'd like to see some of them come back. So, I don't what, know. I think what- there's still room. What we should have is, you know, back in the DKC trilogy, it was always, like, some member of the Kong family getting kidnapped for the most part. Uh-huh. We should have that now with Rambi. Rambi gets kidnapped, so a new animal buddy has to step up to the plate. <laughs> um, I actually bring disagree. Bring back Espresso. I disagree only because the one Kong that never got to be kidnapped was the one Kong that should always have been kidnapped. <laughs> oh, I know this is going, Ash. <laughs> and that, uh, no, of course, on, is Kitty hold, Kong. Hold on, Ash. That one implies is still alive. So I don't like this idea <laughs> true. at all. That's true. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I think I'd rather him be alive just to be to, just to suffer in captivity than than not have to suffer <laughs> oh, at all. <laughs> getting too dark. Wow, <laughs> right? I, I, but yeah, it's not fair. Look, if Donkey and Diddy and Dixie, you know, or sorry, if Donkey and Diddy can get uh, kidnapped, I think it's got to happen to Kitty too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, How you're much right. Does it you're not suck wrong. That um, Dixie got a starring role in DKC three, <sighs> and Kitty Kong, this 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 despicable Kong, comes along. <laughs> He's the worst Kong of them all, and he takes the spotlight like. How? How? Uh, yeah. so bad. Oh, it's still, still it still mad. makes me angry all these years later. And I was actually yeah. mentioned this on Twitter uh, recently when we were all talking about Kitty Kong, how the single worst thing in Smash Brothers Ultimate, and it is an amazing game, <laughs> the single worst thing in it is the fact that the Dixie Kong spirit quote-unquote evolves into the Dixie and Kitty Kong spirit. How is Kitty an improvement of anything? That's... that's <laughs> ah! That's, that that's actually the sole crazy. reason why I didn't give that game a loved. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's like, oh, sorry, nice. I can't can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Freaking Kitty Kong ruins oh, everything. Goodness. Yeah. It, it, it would not surprise me at all if Nintendo found some way to get another Donkey Kong out there. Just because of the popularity of uh, K. Rule and Smash. I think they I think they might have taken notice. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, here's hoping that Tropical Freeze posts the sales that it deserved to back on Wii U. And, and you know, hopefully it does well on Switch so we can really get another game. Mm. Yep. I feel like our constant badgering has given it a, sp- a sales boost because we have had so many tweets <laughs> yeah. since our, our, our few videos. It's got to have gone up a, a little bit at least. I mean, to the point where my Mario review straight up said play Donkey Kong instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Ash, you want to go ahead and do your topic? Sure. So uh, my topic this week comes from Chris Duong who, uh, who says, uh, Hey GX, 
So a friend of mine and I have been having a bit of a disagreement on our views of RPGs. It is our favorite genre of games, but we can't seem to agree what makes one good. The topic that usually comes up is one of length. He, person he personally believes that RPGs should always clock in at about 80 plus hours to fully flesh out the world and characters, while I believe RPGs can be any length so long as it can contain its story really well. In fact, he believes that a story should be primarily what an RPG should be focused on, and even brings up examples of games that are pretty bad gameplay-wise that are justified by their excellent storytelling. Do you guys think there should be a specific time frame in which a game can tell a fully fleshed out story, or are you of the camp that any story can be good so long as it can make use of its time wisely? And do you think any other aspect of a game can justify a poor gameplay experience? I'd really like to know what you think. Thanks and keep up the good work. So there are a lot of questions to answer here, Chris. Thank you for this, because this is a really <laughs> cool topic. Um, I'm just going to bring up two little words that completely invalidate your friend's position. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's going. Totally. Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I know what's... Right there. I know what's... That game is like 30 hours at most. Maybe Wait, a little hold on, more. Wait, hold on. Not, not Sonic Chronicles? Oh, what? obviously. <laughs> Sonic Chronicles. Oh, Bioware. Um, but no, like Chrono Trigger. There you go, right there. It's, a, it's an RPG, obviously, one of the greatest RPGs of all time, like commonly agreed upon. And it's at most, if you're doing everything and really taking your time, it's like... 40 hours but you know you can you can wrap up a casual playthrough of that game in 25 and it's one of the greatest rpgs of all time so no i completely disagree with your friend rpgs do not always need to clock in at about 80 plus hours that doesn't mean that he's wrong for liking ones that do and there are great games that take a long time to finish and that but not even just rpgs like a game like uh horizon zero dawn that's not an rpg but i spent like 90 hours in that world so yeah i mean it really to me is about how well does the game use its running time? It, it, it's not about some uh, some standardized running time that a game or a genre must be. No way. Like, if, if a game uses its running time well, then I think it's just as much worth the money for, you know, eight hours of, of an amazing, let's just say 20 hours of an amazing RPG versus 80 hours of an okay one. So, no. Length does not matter as long as a game uses its running time well. Now, the other question about whether uh, you can justify a bad gameplay experience... I don't think so. I mean, I would say that RPGs are the genre in which you can get away with that the most because they are, they do typically seem to be the most focused on story along with like graphic novel type games, text adventure, stuff like that. But I don't think that gives RPGs a free pass not to have good gameplay like that, that they're video games. At the end of the day, you're still playing a game. And if the game aspect of that game isn't good, then I still think that's a failing on the game's part, even if it is an RPG with a really, really good story. So... No, I, I think that RPGs really do have to have the, you know, the gameplay element down well, but I do think there's a little more wiggle room for, you know, in terms of does the gameplay have to be incredible? No, not necessarily. Not in the same way like a platformer. You can't have a platformer with a really good story but terrible gameplay. That never works. So, you know, it, the, the genre does give you a bit of wiggle room there, but in general, I think you, you, know, you do have to have that great gameplay as well. But what do you guys think? Well, like, with Persona 4... You can have a scene where um, it goes like, Yosuke, let's go shopping. And then like, there's a 20-minute scene where you're shopping with Yosuke. But like, in Uncharted 4, you can't have a scene that goes, hey, Nate, let's go shopping. And have like, like an hour scene with Nathan Jake going shopping. And I think that's the reason for that is because you're, like, you're already so invested in the story of Persona. So you push through all these tedious parts because you want to see the characters and how they interact with the world. Um, and like, some games you can do it, other games you can't. Uh, it's, it's not bad that some RPGs are 80 hours long, but it's also not a great thing, because sometimes they can feel like they're padding on. Um, and sometimes Yosuke going shopping isn't fun. <laughs> but if, <laughs> if you like Yosuke, then sure, you're going to love his shopping trip. Otherwise, I don't think so. 
So yeah, it, it depends on a game for game basis and whether you're like you're already enthralled with the characters or not. Like if, if Persona 4 starts with Yosuke going shopping for, for like 10 or 20 minutes, then maybe not, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really just comes down to pacing because uh, you can have a fantastic R- RPG in 20 hours or 100 hours. It doesn't really matter. It's just a matter of how those, uh, that pacing is for a lot of those games. And if it's not a great game, boy, those 80, that 80-hour 80 P- RPG can feel agonizingly slow like uh andre brought up sonic chronicles that's not a very long rpg but because it's just so garbage to play it feels like it takes forever and that just expands upon it unfortunately it it, you know it doesn't have any redeeming qualities to it whatsoever so that that's a problem of itself but rpgs are a lot more forgivable when it comes to not having the best gameplay you can still you can't uh, quite justify that they're a good game, but you can you can definitely argue that they're worth experiencing. I think one of the prime examples is the original Nier, which the gameplay is not terrible, but it's very standard and doesn't really change things up, especially with all the replays you got to do. It's it's it kind of always feels the same. However, the story, the music, the characters—that's what draw, that's what really draws you in and makes that game really memorable. And then I think that there's a big reason Nier Automata became such a, uh, a you know phenomenon for of the, uh, of Yoko Taro is because all of a sudden you had his wonderful music and uh, and storytelling match with actually good gameplay. And hey, all of a sudden more people got into it. So gameplay is kind of key if you want people to enjoy your story because they are in the, in the, at the end of the day going to want to play it. Um, but yeah, as far as 80-hour RPGs, some of the best RPGs of all time, like like the, the classics uh, on SNES, none of those are longer or 80 hours. I think 40 hours at most, maybe 60, unless unless you're really taking your time and looking for every nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's funny, and, and to kind of turn the argument on its head, then you have a game like Final Fantasy 15, where the reason I got through it was because the gameplay I felt was so good. The story was mostly trash. I mean, it was really bad. The, the, the story that could have been, the potential was amazing, but the way it was actually, you know, the way it was actually told and, and presented in the game with all these clearly, th- like, scenes cut together and stitched out, it was awful. But the gameplay was great, and that was, you know, that's an RPG that pulled me through on the merit of its gameplay alone. So, you know, I, I really think that you, know, that you can go either way with this argument, but I would say, in general, that the the argument that a game need that any genre of game needs to be x x amount of hours long is a slippery slope because then you start getting to the whole well you know is an eight hour game worth sixty dollars as much as an eighty hour game is yes because if that eight hour game is really good and the eighty hour one isn't then yeah the the, the value's there so in general I think that's kind of a slippery slope and I try not to and I try not to put you know a, a hard point on how long games should be it's more mm-hmm. about how long do they need to get in, get out, have a good time, say their piece, and then, you know, make me feel like I've I've had a worthy time. Well, like, Final Fantasy XV brings up a good point, too, because I felt like that game didn't justify its conclusion. <laughs> like, there's, no. There's, um, <laughs> there's elements towards the end which just don't make sense, and they come out of nowhere. Yeah. And so they, they kind of diminish the experience for me. So, like, I spent all these hours, put, like, putting into this game, and then at the very end, there's just these plot points that don't make any sense at all. <laughs> Exactly, and even you know, even for uh, RPGs that aren't super story heavy, like a, a really good example for me is Mario and Luigi Dream Team. I really like that game, and it's obviously not telling this crazy, complicated story. But that's a 
a good 50 hour game that could have been a great 30 hour game. The last like 15, 20 hours of that game are pure padding. And it's, I still liked it, but it would have, it would have been a much better, you know, shorter experience than it was a longer one because the pacing wasn't there. Like it was that last 15 ish hours was all padding. So, mm-hmm. you know, it really does. It's, it's not about the length of the game. It's about how it uses the length that it has. And is the, is the pacing good is, you know, it's, it's more about that. Yeah, there are so few games that get to 80 or 100 hours plus that do so without like having significant padding. And Mario and Luigi is a great example of one that really wears it on its sleeve <laughs> in that case. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for me too, I mean, so yeah, I, I don't think an RPG needs to be a specific amount to be to be good. Um, and that applies to any kind of genre of game. And for me too, just speaking as one who's like, you know, who, you know, as an adult who doesn't have as much time to play games as I did as a kid, despite doing it for a living. <laughs> um, like, seeing, like, like the website, um, like, How Long the Beat, which will be coming up later, actually, as well, I believe. Um, that is such a great tool, I think, for looking at how, you know, for getting an idea of how long a game's going to take. Because when I see numbers that high, like, when I see 80 hours for a normal playthrough, it turns me off. It's like, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. I don't want to put that much of investment. It's daunting. And while it's possible I'll end up enjoying it, I don't want to, you know, I don't have time to make that level, that level of commitment to get to, you know, to, to play a game all the way through of that length. So, yeah, if you can give, if you can pack more with, if you can pack more in with less, that's the kind of experience I want. Um, Breath of the Wild, actually, is a perfect example of a game um, that I think handled this extremely well, in that you can end the game almost at any point you want. <laughs> you can yeah. play up to the, to the amount you want, and then you can go finish it at any time. It might be a little bit tougher than it would be otherwise, but if you want to fight Ganon in the first hour, hey, go for it. It's, it's all you. Right. Um, so that's kind of like a good, an example of a game that does a great job of providing whether, you know, providing any amount of gameplay between 10 to 200 hours. It's up to you. So, um, yeah, so I, I would kind of like to see more games of that style, actually. You know, have it more dependent on how much you want, to help, how much you want put into it. I guess, actually, that kind of that gets back to your point, Ash, with Chrono Trigger. That's also another game you could, you could kind of end... Depending when you depending on when you wanted to, right? You can fight. Uh, well, a new uh, game you can plus. Fight, you can. Um, oh, was a new game plus. A new game plus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you uh, you have a you have a certain degree of freedom in a regular game once you pass a certain part in the story. Like yeah, yeah, just, that's more yeah, I, I thought that. I thought that was the case. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, once you get to a certain part of the story, you can go fight the final boss, or you can go do all these crazy cool side quests that power up your right. party and give them backstory and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's a game that has almost no filler. It's all killer, no filler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. Yep. That's what you're always. I didn't, I didn't invent it, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that takes care of all of our topics. But hey, we actually have a game this week as well. So we're just hitting on all cylinders. So this week, our game suggestion comes from a link between times. Who says, uh, "I'll be making a. I'll give making a game a shot." Uh, we've done speedrun times, but how long would it take to beat these games if you did every possible thing in them? I'll be uh, taking the howlongtobeat.com average completion times from these 10 games, and whoever guesses the closest time wins. So we sort of did our own thing here where we're going to be doing prices right rules. So if you go over the amount of hours, eh, you lose. You don't get it, even if you're closer. <laughs> so uh, we got 10 games here. We got three of you. Let's see who can actually win this. And uh, right off the bat, how long to beat to 100% completion? Uh, new Super Mario Brothers Wii. Ooh. Hmm. So, and to, to clarify, yeah, hundred percent completion, not speed run. This is normal, normal playthrough. Normal playthrough. playthrough. Right? This is taken so, from okay. howlongtobeat.com. All of Star World. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm saying um, right. twenty-one hours. 
Hmm. I will go. I will go. Are they using the, the, the Game Explain guide or not? Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah I got, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go thirty on that. I'll tell you my. Uh, I'll, I'll give. I'll tell my logic now. Why not? <laughs> so my logic is an average playthrough is probably ten hours or so, and I'm guessing you can multiply that by a factor, you know, for each star coin. So there's three star coins per level. So that gives me a 30 hours. So That's good math, Andre. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was actually going to slot right in the middle and say 25 hours. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Well, you all suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's 19 and a half hours. What? Oh, wow. Jeez. Wow. That's quicker than I expected. Yep. Yeah. All right. So nobody wins that one. <laughs> oh. All right. Off to a good start. Now, now we're going the opposite end because, oof. The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Oh, man. I have no idea. Yeah, what yeah, <laughs> no oh my clue. God. Um, All right, I'm gonna uh, 130 hours. I'm gonna say 110. Hours. Okay, 162. And how much did you say, Ash? Uh, 110. Uh, John would get this one. It is 303 hours. Jesus. Oh man, I oh, yeah, God. I have not played an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was as soon as I heard a hundred, I was like, "That's Xenoblade length." No, <laughs> up it. <laughs> yeah, clearly, I, yeah, this kind of speaks to the point of me not playing. <laughs> I don't play games that length too often, so yeah. clearly, I'm out of the loop on this. Now we, now we got some more math for you here, Andre, because oh God. we have Uncharted: The Nathan Drake Collection. So the first three, Ooh. Nathan, Ooh. the first three, the three games. So I actually did the Gamespot guide for this for finding all those stupid treasures. Uh-huh. Oh, so nice! For the second, for the second one, that so. by three. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, how long to beat all three uh, Uncharted games? Hundred percent. Yeah, four wasn't in that one, right? It was just one, two, and three. I believe it was just one, two, three. Right. Okay. Hmm. Um, Andre, did you do um, Uncharted one or two? I did two. Okay. So one's gonna be shorter, right? right yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So what, um, how long did your guy take you? Would you say? <laughs> it's tough because I'm, I I wish I actually wish I knew I actually have no idea because I'm writing and taking pictures and I'm doing it so it's impossible to like for me to figure out like an accurate like estimate for someone else just playing the game uh-huh. you know Derek I'm gonna I say actually, though, I'm sorry I have a really quick question does do we are we counting like trophies is, is 100% completion like getting all trophies uh, and stuff it, it doesn't say so. oh I think okay. it does hmm. oh does it that changes um, things it doesn't kind of change things. You know what? I'm, I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to say um, 68 hours. All right. Okay. I'm actually going to go... I was thinking around 60 originally, but I'm going to go higher than that. But I think each game... like A couple of those games like approach 20 hours by themselves, I think. So I'm going to go... I'll go 80 hours. 82 hours. Okay. Mm, man. I'm going to go... I'm going to say 61 hours, just for the hell of 61. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. go with that. Ash wins. Okay. Ooh, 64 hours. Nice. Damn. All right. So, I'll take it. Yep. I hope, so, okay, there's, a, there's part of factor that I wasn't considering. <laughs> that's the fact that the people playing this probably already played the previous versions of the game. So they already knew what they were doing. So. <laughs> Making excuses, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so far we got one John, one Ash. Uh, we need one Andre on there. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe this will be the one. Uh, next up is Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Oh, Ooh. actually, that's the one I barely play the least of. So, hmm. I, like, I don't know what you would do. I, mean, I guess you get hard pieces again in that game. Uh, it's not um, that long. Though. I'll go low. I'll say um, uh, 11 hours. 
That's funny. Wow. I was I was going to say twelve hours. Okay, uh, I'll go twenty. Twenty. Okay. Uh, Ash gets again right on the dot. Twelve hours. No. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Nice. Don't stop him. Yeah, there you go. All right, I'm, I'm going to start doing the Price of Rice strategy that's going one hour over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't have helped you with Ash, but yeah. <laughs> uh, 12.1 hours. <laughs> all wow. right, next up. Uh, you guys are all familiar with this one. Uh, Celeste. Ooh. Oh, this is God. Tough. This like is the B- yeah, it is yeah. tough. Yeah, the B-sides and C-sides. the end game challenges. Yeah, yeah this must be so the- much. Uh, oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna go eighteen hours. This one's I'm hard gonna... because it's so dependent on your skill. Right, exactly. Uh, an average. I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna say yeah. twenty nine hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. You know what? Because of the B sides and C sides, I'm gonna go even higher and say like thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. John gets it. It's nice. thirty four but here's the thing, Ash. It's thirty four and a half. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, so what, what was yours, John? Twenty nine. I was twenty nine. Oh, okay, okay. But price is right rules say so you lose. <laughs> oh, I forgot I forgot that we adopted prices right. Oh, that makes me mad. <laughs> so close. Ah. Yep. So uh. two Ash, two John, no Andre. <laughs> he can come back. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Maybe. It's like it's like Survivor, Andre, where there's it's three people at the end, but it's always two people that goes on and actually gets the vote. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. That, the, that poor third person never gets a vote. Nope. <laughs> All right, uh, number six, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition. Oh, well, what was in the complete edition? Basically, the extra DLC. It? So it's the base yeah. game oh, okay. plus the DLC, which was only they, one pack um, of. For an idea, Ash said earlier he spent ninety hours in this game, so we have a little idea of how long it could be. Yeah. And you didn't 100% it, though, right, Ash? I so... didn't quite. I came really close. So okay. I think, right, yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> hmm. But I also didn't play the Frozen Wilds. I have it. I just never got around to it. So I don't know how much to add for that. I'll say um, 114 hours. Okay, so, uh, oh, man, now you're going to make me look like a dick. I actually have 115 in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say... I'll go 120, just so I don't totally snipe you. (laughs) I'll say 105. Man, Ash must suck, uh, because uh, it's actually 82 and a half. Maybe (laughs) Ash is pulling us. Well, you know what I will say? I didn't say this earlier, but I did really take my time just enjoying that with so deep... (laughs) I did just take my time. Sabotage. Yeah. Sabotage. Not a real gamer. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Mm, guilty oh, as charged. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how much to add for the Frozen Wilds. I was like, yeah. But obviously we were all way over. Mm-hmm. That's because they're basing yeah. it off your playtime, Ash. <laughs> That's true, I guess. So wait, if, if mine's the lowest guess, does that mean I technically win? No, you're all over. <laughs> that <laughs> doesn't seem wins. fair. <laughs> Nobody wins. Have you not watched Prices Right? No, I know, on, I know. Yeah. <laughs> this one will probably be tricky, though. Uh, number seven, Stardew Valley. Oh, oh well, how do you even 100% that? I have no idea how that's done, so... I have, yeah. This doesn't oh sound... God. This sounds illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. I'll go with, with a flat 100 hours. Because I, I imagine... what what Do we count completion by completing a year, or what? I... No, I think... I mean, I, I'm guessing it would... Oh, I, I'm, guessing I'm guessing I it would build be, everything. I mean, uh, yeah, get all, the, get all the furniture, all the equipment, you know, anything, anything optional, maybe. 
That's probably more than uh, 100 hours, but I'm sticking with it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Man, <laughs> I, I don't even have like a frame of reference for this because I didn't play Stardew Valley. I know what it's about, of course, but I feel like that game is one of those games that doesn't end. So. Oh, it isn't. <laughs> My dad's yeah. like his 10th Yeah, so I don't have you 100% that. I get, I'll just throw out, ugh, man, um, let's just say 120 hours. <laughs> I Yeah. Okay, well, um, I'm, I'll go, I'll, I'll think of 200. So I'll go 200 on this. Okay. It's 131 hours. Ash gets the point. How? Oh my god! How did How? I get that one? Of all, all right. I have no I idea. I need to be more strategic with my choices. Oh man, you know that was... I don't believe. I'm not going to take that answer as an answer. That is not legit. I have. <laughs> yeah. You hey. can't complete Stardew Valley. Take I it up with a link between times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I played it a ton. I'm pretty sure I put way more time into it than that, and I got nowhere close to being. Done. I mean, yeah. So, I don't even know if that's a legit. You can answer. check lo- check yeah. how long to beat now, but that's that's what it's, apparently that's according to the website. I'm submitting a complaint right now. <laughs> I'm looking this up. I don't, I don't trust Oh, this. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, in the meantime, our eighth one is uh, Donkey Kong 64. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, Has anybody I'm, ever I'm, 100%ed a Donkey Kong Unfortunately. <laughs> I have. Oh, I mean, there's no number that goes that high. We can't actually tell you an answer. <laughs> I'm like having flashbacks okay. of finding every color-coded banana in every stage. I'm I'm gonna go seventy hours. You know, I think it's shorter than we remember it being. I yeah, think it's it probably is. It's just we've... aggravating, <laughs> right? I'm gonna say yeah. um, I'm gonna go low. I'm gonna say thirty-four. I'm oh my god. S- yeah. wow, yeah, it ends up being that low. I'm gonna say fifty-five. You all lose. John, you're going to be upset. It's 33. What? Oh, <laughs> oh my I don't, god. I am not buying I am not I buying don't buy this. that. I just don't. I don't buy this. Yeah. No. Maybe these, if you these know times, exactly these what you're doing. Like exactly. Yeah. These times are tainted. Yeah. <laughs> these, 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 these values are being added, what, 15 years after the game came out? Uh, so, right. yeah, this is BS. <laughs> There's no way that was. Hey, I just have to go by what I'm given, so. You can't tell. There were 500 bananas in each level, right? Yeah, 100 you of five you cannot columns, yeah. tell me that you could no. do that in 33 hours. It's, <laughs> unless you've memorized the game. That's That's got to be a exactly. speed run. That's yeah. nonsense. Oh, man. Yeah. I call shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gracious. Oh. Wait a second. You guys. Wait it. Wait, what happened? I'm looking at these. Okay, I, I was wondering. I was. I almost had a panic attack thinking I misinterpreted the, this thing. Like, I mean, that would make sense at this point. Because you're making me second guess myself. Because I saw a completion time. So, like, wait a second. I'm pretty sure you said do every possible thing, but it is in there. Every possible thing. So this is completion. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway. Okay. Uh, number nine. Uh, Spyro: The Reignited Trilogy. So three games. Ooh. I didn't play the Spyro. I've not played any of them. I yeah. think all of these games are shorter than we remember them being. I'm going to say a flat 30. 30? Mm. Man, I haven't played them, so it's hard. Uh, I, I played a bit of the first one, and I liked it a lot. Um, I love how we, like, we, we always review our games when talking about them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> ah, That's the brilliance of our I rating guess. system. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say 28. Okay. All right. I'm going one. one <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did you say, John? So Ash said 28. 30. John, you said 30. Andre said <laughs> Andre one. Andre says one. <laughs> I'll be damned. Andre got it. Yes. <laughs> what? 25 and a half hours. <laughs> you both went over. Yes, finally. 
I'm on the scoreboard. <laughs> oh, too good. You heard it here. Andre can beat the Reignited Trilogy in one hour. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. This ought to be good. Um, number 10. Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix. <laughs> So oh, basically, it is four Kingdom Hearts RPGs plus movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, geez. Geez. No. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm, all right. I'm just gonna throw out a number, but I have no freaking clue. I'll go. I'll go ninety hours. I'll say um, ninety point four five over two. Hours. <laughs> 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 nice. Um, well, mm, I, I think you guys are are quite un, uh, coming in under here, so I'm gonna say. I'm going to say, like, Wait, 180 hours. 180? Yeah. You are closest. It's 310. Okay, I was like, there's there's no way it's Jesus. 90. I was like, yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, even I completely, you know, undersold that. But I was trying to think of 100%ing each game. I was like, yeah, maybe close to 200. Clearly, it's even closer to 300. Mm. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, uh, I think Ash took this the whole thing. But as a little bonus... Uh, uh, they have here. Uh, he put in World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, what? Can you beat that? Can't, yeah. yeah. I, is that, they I add, guess, they keep, they're adding new stuff still, aren't I they? I mean, yeah, this they are, rigs. but I guess this as far rigs. as the, <laughs> the last one or whatnot uh, or anything like that, I think it's just one of those things like, holy crap, look how many hours. So, yeah, this is rigged. Oh, I'm going to go, fine, um, 1,100 hours. 1,100. Yeah, I'll, I'll say 900. I have. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how you quantify this. I guess it's just doing every quest with every race. But it's like saying, like, like th- oh, I beat Mario Maker. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I beat yeah. every level in existence. <laughs> I'll say uh, 2,600 hours. John, you get it. It's 3,495 <laughs> hours. Oh, my God. Sure. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, I think Ash won that game, but John... Got the moral victory? I don't know. Nice. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I got the one victory. Yeah. I, I, yours yeah. was almost the most impressive that you pulled that off. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm all thrown off. Anyway, I think that about takes care of it for uh, episode 136 of the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. As always, thank you guys for listening each and every week. And if you uh, want to support us, it's only $1 a month to get these uh, podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as offer up topics and games like the ones we had here. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for episode 137. Till then, bye. <laughs>